What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lifestyle Nutrition Podcast, and we have a fucking amazing podcast for you today. Our first guest, Nick Real, has joined us, and Nick is literally the, the smartest guy I know when it comes to sleep. He's also, fun fact, my coach. He helps me out with my sleep for the past, what, year, two years. He's been helping me out with this. And really, you know, I couldn't be more excited to, to bring Nick to the podcast to just give you all tons and tons of information and benefits on sleep, which is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing when it comes to achieving your fat loss goal and being able to keep those results for life. And so welcome, Nick. Dude, super happy to be your first guest. I'm, I will do my best to set the bar very high. Oh, I know you will, man. I, I, I've had you in the group before, in my group, and, and you just absolutely killed it in there. And so I'm excited to see just what we can bring everybody today. Let's get into it. Good shit, man. And yeah, just to get right into it, um, you know, I know you're you're somebody who's been working on sleep for for a long time now, and I'm just curious, like, what got you into that? What's your story leading up to to this point to to become such an expert in sleep? And just what struggles have you gone through in the past personally? So why I really got into the niche of sleep, because it is a little odd niche for a health and fitness coach to very specifically target sleep in our industry. It's something that's always talked about, whether we're talking about, you know, fat loss, performance or any aspect of health and fitness programming. It's always talked about, but it's never really niched down. And the reason why I decided to niche down with it was for a couple of reasons. The first one is that I went through a three-year battle of insomnia that was completely like self-inflicted. I'll be the first person to raise my hand and say that my sleep problems were self-inflicted for sure. So I went through that for three years. And I remember very vividly, and I'm pulling it up in my head right now, the one night I decided to just listen to my body and just go to sleep when it wanted to go to sleep, not stay up two or three, almost four hours past my bedtime watching Netflix because I was so stressed out in my day-to-day life. I was so burned out with what I was doing and I was running away from it and just engorging myself in like other things to just try to distract me from that pain. I decided not to do that and how I woke up the next day, it literally changed my life. And I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Like it, it's something you can, you only experience when you experience it. And you know, it's sleep is something that, you know, a lot of us take for granted, right? So we all take it for granted. We always expect to like, Hey, we'll be able to get like a good night's sleep or a decent night's sleep. Cause let's face it, your sleep's never going to be perfect, but until you've lost it and you've regained it again, I really don't think that you're going to have the appreciation for it that you would otherwise. So that was really the big turning point of what really why I decided to niche down and go down this path. And secondly, I grew up in a family that did not have great sleep. My mom is a teacher. So all you teachers out there who are listening right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No teacher I know gets great sleep. They're working well past their three o'clock job being done. They're working way past that. They're stressed out all the time. And my father was a former Navy man. Anybody who's in the military, sleep is a luxury. So my parents didn't have great sleep and they didn't really care about having great sleep. It's just how it was. So I grew up very desensitized to it. 
And I remember like when I was growing up, I think it was like the age of 12, dude. Like I could not sleep for the life of me. I know why now, because I was starting to go through puberty and the doctor just threw me on melatonin. It worked for like two days. And then after the two day mark for the next three, I was like up all night long. It was terrible. It was absolutely awful. And I can remember my 12 year old self feeling this way. So that was my first real experience with that. And it was really watching my parents like go through what they went through that really pushed me to go down the health and fitness, like coaching like space and ultimately why I found myself really focusing on sleep. I love it, dude. And I'm pumped that you got into it. Obviously you've helped me so much just throughout the years here. And really you've been a huge reason why I prioritize sleep so much with my clients as well. You know, I just understand through what I've learned from you and just through my sleep going through the roof, it, that it's just, it, it's a game changer. And so I'm glad you got into it. And how long were you in the health and fitness space before you started to like specialize in sleep? I'd say 10 years, 10 years. I was, I've been in the health and fitness space really before I started placing that massive emphasis on quality sleep comes first before everything. So even I, the health and fitness coach who's been doing this for a very long time, I've been in the space for now 15 years. It took me 10 years to really appreciate that value. Gotcha. And you know, when you, when you say like 10 years, is that when you had that epiphany of like you were dealing with insomnia and then it was like, oh shit, like this is, this is the key to, to a lot more than, than what I even thought. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And all my clients that I had worked with at the time or prior to, which is a lot of like your general pop, what we call general population, they all had silly problems. It was such a common issue that often held them back from getting the results that they wanted and that they were paying for simply because they wouldn't address the things that were keeping them up at night. And I've told you this many times, I'm a firm believer that sleep, poor sleep specifically is a reason why so many people fall into a state of poor health and they become overweight. We're not going to get into the science all, all behind all that, but really like once sleep starts to go, it creates that environment for the pounds to just stack on and never come off. And with how I coach and how, we, how I've coached you, we always go for the problem. Solve the problem that's causing all that. There you go. It's not, you're never going to struggle with your sleep or your weight again. No, stop, stop with the band-aid bullshit, right? Like Correct. I was literally just writing an email on that this morning, like band-aids versus root cause. And that's what I love about, about you as well as like, you're not, you're not just sitting there like, oh yeah, try melatonin, try this bullshit, try that bullshit. It's like, <laughs> Hey, let's get down to the nitty gritty and figure out exactly what's actually causing this. Cause otherwise when you stop putting the band-aid on or like you saw with melatonin, it's like, oh, wait, I, I, there's a certain point where I keep needing either more of this stuff or, you know, I just, it doesn't work anymore. And then it's like, okay, what do I go to next? Exactly. Like, wh where do you draw the line? And the thing that a lot of people don't know about sleep-specific supplements is your body develops a tolerance to them. So when you take, let's talk about melatonin. When you take melatonin for a certain period of time, your body's going to adapt to the dosage and it's not going to respond favorably anymore. So either you can increase the dosage, which is usually what happens, or you increase the frequency of the dosage. 
that's your only two options. And then after that, like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, if you want, I mean, if somebody wants to just keep wasting money, just band-aiding by all means, like I'm not sitting here telling everybody how to live their life, but if you never want to struggle with sleep again, you have to actually go to the problems that are actually keeping you up and solve those problems. Yeah. Exactly, dude. And I, I definitely got into that loophole of uh, melatonin. This is back probably a little bit after high school. I, I kind of got into to melatonin and I figured that out pretty quickly. It was like I kept having to go higher in dose and then and I would kept having like the craziest dreams too on top of on top of that. It was just weird. I'd wake up and I'd be like, what the fuck was I just dreaming? <laughs> but that's beyond the point. I you know, I'm curious, like just what are some other things that you personally did once you started realizing, okay, if I prioritize my sleep, that that I start to see a lot better results. What were some of like the first steps that you personally took? I mean, the first really big step that I took was listening to my body. It's like if my body was telling me it's ready to go to bed at like 9 p.m., we're going to bed at 9 p.m. Simple as that. And when it wants to wake up around like 4.35 in the morning, we're just going to wake up 4.30 to 5 in the morning, seven days a week. That's it. My body doesn't give two fucks about whether it's Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Friday. The human body doesn't care about that. And that's really important to understand, especially when we're looking at sleep. Sleep and how the human body works, it's all about consistency. It's all about patterns and routines. Here, us being human, we have different patterns and routines based off of what day of the week it is. A lot of us live the nine to five lifestyle. So today is Friday. What happens on Friday night? You stay up way later than you usually do. You go out with your friends, which is, okay, cool. Totally cool. But what happens on Saturday? Okay, well, you stayed up later. So now you're going to sleep in because it's Saturday. Makes sense, right? Well, now Sunday rolls around and you've already, you have desynchronized your sleep-wake cycle. Sunday rolls around. Let's say you're able to sleep in, but now you actually have to go to bed at, let's say, like 8 p.m. Well, now you're struggling to fall asleep because you stay up two or three hours past your bedtime and slept in later. And your body's not ready for sleep yet. Now you're waking up on Monday morning, sleep deprived. So that was one of the big ones that I realized is that my body does not give a fuck about what day of the week it is. It loves consistency. And when you give it consistency, it will reward you so much, especially when we're talking about high sleep quality. It will literally just hand it to you on a silver platter right there because that's all it wants. Now, moving more into like lifestyle, I realized that I was not creating any time or space for me to just wind down and relax and enjoy life. So I started making that a priority. And this one was a really big like mental shift for me because I sucked at this up, up front. I have got, I was really in the notion of work basically 24, seven, 365 days a year. Well, that, that works great when you can recover from it. I wasn't recovering from it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone through that three-year battle of sleepless nights. So I started carving out time daily to just wind down and relax and do the, do the things I wanted to do, which what I wanted to do at the time was watch a couple of episodes of my favorite Netflix shows at the time. So I just gave myself permission to do it, and I did it, and I made sure it didn't interfere with my bedtime. Game changer. It's amazing what happens when you actually like give yourself permission to do something that you want to do. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then the other really big thing that I started doing was focusing on when I was eating. This one's huge, dude. 
This one's so important. So a lot of us, you know, we come from the health and fitness space. We're taught that like meal timing doesn't matter, right? You know, you go and take any type of like nutrition certification or watching what's like, oh, meal timing really doesn't matter. And there's a lot of assumptions made in that statement. Meal timing doesn't matter, provided that, you know, your sleep quality is great, your body's getting the nutrients it needs, and they're staggered out throughout the day. There you go. That last statement, staggered out throughout the day. So meal timing does matter, actually. And when I was sleep deprived, my food intake was everywhere. There was no semblance of meals. If anything, it was really just a massive caloric backload. I wouldn't eat breakfast. I'd eat maybe a small lunch and I'd gorge myself at dinner because I, I had eaten all day. So I'd just eat, 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 and eat. And I'm 100% sure that was contributing to my sleepless nights. So I listened to myself again and dropped my ego and humbled my own ass. Started having a, a consistent meal schedule. So everything evened out. That did wonders for my sleep quality and my stress levels throughout the day. Because my stress levels during the day were insanely high. And I, and I firmly believe that it was simply because I wasn't eating during the day. And my body was super stressed out. Funny what happens when you actually like give your body what it needs. Funny. Crazy. Crazy stuff. And kind of going back, I, I love everything about that. First off, you know, I, I think for me, the, the nighttime routine and just allowing myself to, to rest and, you know, just really decompress at night before going to bed has been a complete game changer for me. And I know we talked about this, but I always have to keep checking myself and like, hey, let's go back to this. Let's make sure we're giving ourselves more time. And, and you keep telling me as well, like, hey, give yourself more time. Like you need it because I am kind of easily going nose to the grindstone and then, you know, have to pull back because I, I kind of burn myself out. So I'm always that's always kind of a constant struggle for me. And what would you say is like a good time frame for people to to look at? To, to start shutting things down on like the work front, on like the mental stimulation, on anything that's going to, you know, cause them problems when it comes to getting to sleep at night. I mean, arbitrarily, like an hour or two before bed works great for most people, but you need to look at what you can realistically commit to and use that time. If you can only commit to doing it for 30 minutes a night, okay, cool, do it for 30 minutes a night. If you can commit to doing an hour, two hours, cool. It's really going to depend on your lifestyle and making sure that it's getting done frequently at the end of the day. Because like I said, the body, it's all about consistency. So as long as you're consistently giving yourself even a small amount of time and space to shut down and let your body like wind itself down and prep itself for sleep, it's only going to do positive things for your sleep quality that night. No, I love it, dude. And then kind of on the, this, the third point you made on meal timing, how have you gone about, or kind of two questions here. So how have you gone about figuring out what times work best for you to eat? And does it matter for people? Like, is it like, you know, is it for me as opposed to you? Is it gonna change as far as the most optimal times or is it just what you can stick to really? Really it's gonna boil down to what you can stick to. My, my whole thing with meal timing is very much not what is put out there like, oh, hey, for optimal meal timing, you need to eat your breakfast at 6.37 in the morning, have your lunch at 11.48, and have your dinner at 5.49, and you'll be so, so in tune with your body. Like, I don't like that shit. It makes me laugh whenever I see that stuff going around. I mean, remember, like, the human body loves consistency, and there's a reason meal timing matters. 
if it didn't matter, we could all eat our food at like one meal a day. I'm going to pick on the OMAG crowd right now, the one meal a day people. You could eat your food, oh, one meal a day, and you'd be just fine. Your sleep will be great. Your metabolism, your metabolism is going to be super healthy. Be great. Well, for 99% of the people, that doesn't work for them. It's because the human body is not designed to do that at all. There's a reason why the staggered intervals throughout the day, you get hungry and not hungry. And really what you need to do is tap into, hey, when am I typically hungry and not hungry? And look at your lifestyle and plug those meals in where you can, where you can consistently commit to having them. You don't have to have like a massive breakfast in the morning if you're not a massive breakfast person. You don't have to have a small lunch. But your body does care about, hey, when am I getting my next meal? Because that's all your body cares about is surviving, keeping you alive. And one of its most primary goals that it has every single day is acquiring food. And when it knows when it's getting food, that's going to be a happy body that's very stress-free, especially when we're talking about weight loss. That's absolutely necessary to see high-quality results that last. Love it, dude. And what would you say to somebody who's like, you know, I'm not that hungry throughout the day, you know, like I, I just don't like that maybe has either one been eating, you know, way too little calories and just has kind of diminished their hunger signals. Um, maybe somebody like me who I, you know, I eat so many calories that it's not like I can always eat necessarily when I'm hungry if I want to get up to those calorie amounts. You know, what would you say to those people? Well, the reason why you're not hungry during the day is because you're not giving your body what it needs and you haven't given your body what it needs for so long. It's just dampened your hunger signal. That's it. The end. So really for like someone who is in that particular situation, yeah, we need to look at how much are you eating right now versus like what your body actually needs. And it's a very eye-opening thing to do when you sit there and like do the math of like, hey, this is what my body needs and here's what I'm inputting more than likely you're going to find a big old discrepancy when fun fact when i was going through that three-year battle sleepless nights that i mentioned earlier i was in close to a thousand calorie deficit every single day because my meals my my food intake didn't really change but a thousand calorie deficit simply because i was backloading i was basically only having one meal a day damn well that explains a lot doesn't it same applies here. If you're if you want to rebalance your hunger and full signals, you have to slowly start eating more. Can't just snap and do it all at once, but you slowly have to give your body a reason to be hungry and be full again. And you if you're consistent with that, you'll rebalance your natural rhythms and cycles with your metabolism and your appetite and you actually will feel hungry again and you actually will feel full again at different times throughout the day. And it will feel natural and normal. And that feeling is, for me, like when I was coming out of sleepless nights, that just that feeling of normalcy, that really helped me successfully like go through, like deal with that stress because I didn't feel normal at all. Nobody who struggles to sleep feels normal. So when you actually feel like, oh, hey, my body's actually working for me again, it gives you hope. And that feeling is everything. Yeah. No, I, I think it's amazing, man. I, It's just the best thing ever, right? Like when you go from, and I, I think sleep's just is crazy how it's one of those things you don't even necessarily know it's a problem until it's fixed. 
you know, because you can kind of start to realize, like, it's just, I remember when I started, I just, I didn't realize how much of an issue my sleep was until it started to go up in quality. And then it's like, wait, so I was dealing with this terrible sleep for that long. It's just, it's, it's one of those crazy things. And what would you say, you know, I know we talked about, you know, developing, you know, pro sleep, like nighttime routine, having like that cutoff time just from any sort of like mental simulation, something you can actually stick to starting to, to just make sure you're having, you know, consistent food throughout the day and kind of consistent meal timings is what you can stick to. What, what are some other, and I know this, this generally depends on the person, right? Like, you know, you would need certain scenarios, but like for just general sleep tips, like what are some, some tactical tips on top of those that, that most people could benefit from? Expose yourself to light and darkness. Human sleep and wake cycles are largely dictated by when the sun rises and is up and when it sets. Because a vast majority of the population has what is called a chronotype that that is directly reflective of the sun rising and setting. And for a lot of us, like here, like you're in your house, I'm in my house. We don't, we're not out and about anymore. Most people, when they come, when they get up, they go from their house to their car, get a little bit of sun exposure there, depending on where they're living. And then they're inside a building for eight, 10 hours a day. Then they go back to the car, maybe get some dark exposure, and then they go back inside. So we're not getting a lot of light and dark exposure when our bodies actually need that. And the easiest way to start getting that light exposure, we'll start with this one is when you wake up, open your blinds, open your shutters, and just let the sunlight come through. What that is going to do is reinforce to your brain that, hey, this is the time that I need to be waking up at. So it'll have something to, quote, anchor to. And this is what I call anchoring your wake stage of your sleep-wake cycle, because you want that anchored. And then after the sun goes down, you will want to lessen your overall light exposure. Light exposure past dark is one of the biggest issues that is plaguing the modern world in terms of having high sleep quality than anything else out there right now. Because once the sun goes down, the lights go on. So your eyes are still getting that strong light stimulus. And then you try to shut it off and go to bed. You know, it's going to take your body probably an hour or two to after you're in your room and it's dark in there. So say, oh, hey, it's actually time to fall asleep now. Well, if that sets your bedtime back and now you're having one or two hours less sleep, that's not really going to be beneficial for you. So after the sun goes down, stimulate light exposure. What I like to do personally is we'll turn on one like secondary house light and we'll turn on all the rest of them so that our eyes are getting that dark exposure. And when your eyes get that dark exposure, it sends a signal to your brain saying, okay, it's time to actually put myself to sleep. It'll start the process of doing that and you'll be able to fall asleep very, very quickly, not too long after doing that. So that's a really big one right there. And then the second one that's general that's going to encompass everybody is be active. The human body was not made to be idle at, at any point. And we're more idle today than we ever were in human history. And that's a problem because if you are not idle, you will not build up what is called sleep pressure. Sleep pressure is directly related to how much energy your body has had to use during your day. The higher the sleep pressure, 
the more regulated your sleep-wake cycle is going to be because you're literally giving your body a need to go to sleep. If it doesn't have that need, it's not going to sleep. Or if, it de- or if you do fall asleep and you're able to stay asleep, which a lot of people who have low sleep pressure struggle with this, you're only going to stay asleep for a very small period of time, like three or four hours before you wake up in the middle of the night, ready to go. Need to be active. Simply put, what type of activity? I'm a huge fan of everybody. I believe everybody should be exercising. Everybody should be exercising. Well, it doesn't necessarily matter how. That's immaterial at this point. But be active and be consistent with that. Do those two things on top of what we had already talked about with practical application steps. Your sleep quality is going to improve no matter what. And you can still screw up a lot of the other smaller details and you'll be just fine. I love it, dude. No, I think that this is absolute gold for anybody listening out there. If you start to take these these tips, like you have no reason to not start getting a lot better quality sleep. And I know for me, obviously for you, everybody who comes into to your program is is struggling with their sleep, right? And for me, I would say that 95 to 99% of the people who come into my program are also struggling with sleep. It's a very common struggle amongst people who you know, are trying to achieve any goal, especially fat loss, I would say, you know, you see a lot more people struggling with fat loss, and struggling with the yo yo dieting struggling with trying everything in the book, they, they really struggle with this. And, you know, you said something about sleep pressure, when it comes to being able to stay asleep at night. And so, you know, on top of just being able to get more movement in being able to get consistent exercise in, you know, I know one of the big common struggles that I see is people waking up throughout the night. And so I'm just curious, what are some tips that you have for, for those, those folks who struggle with that? This is one of those that one of those aspects of sleep that gets super individualized really fucking fast. However, humans generally work the same. So there's going to be some generalizations that we can make. So when we're looking at night wakings, there are going to be more than likely three big major culprits that is causing that. Number one is a temperature imbalance, whether you are too hot or too cold. If you're not in your state of comfort, according to what your body likes, you're probably going to wake up. For all you guys who live in a super steamy environment in the summer and it's too hot in the middle of the night, guess what? Your your ass is waking up. I live in Vegas. This happens all the time. That's simply because your body requires a cooler state to go through all of its in-sleep cycles and processes. And if your either internal or external temperature is too high or in some cases too cold as well, it's not going to be comfortable and it's going to break the cycle and wake up so that you can re-optimize that temperature. So that's a very common one, very easy to address. Look at your bedding, switch that up, take a look at your thermostat, use a fan. Anything that will control your temperature works wonders here. The second, which is the most common issue that my community has, is a hydration imbalance. Waking up, you know, one or two or sometimes three times a night to go take a piss. That's all going to be boiled down to inadequate hydration timing. More than likely, you're drinking too much water too close to bed. And your bladder can only hold on to so much at a given time before it says, hey, I need to let this go. And if it's saying, hey, I need to let this go at 1 a.m., it'll override your body's 
brain mechanism to keep your bladder like not screaming at you. And guess what? Now you're waking up to go to the bathroom. Now you fragmented your sleep and that could completely derail your sleep. So what's the solution to that? Well, one, make sure that you're actually consuming enough water daily. That's huge right there. Because on the flip side, if you're insufficiently hydrated, your body's not going to be able to go through those insulin processes at all because your body needs water for every single thing that it does. It's a catalyst for everything that goes inside your body. And if it doesn't have enough, it's not happening. That's it. The end. So first step, make sure that you're actually drinking a sufficient amount of water for you. There's so many ways to figure out what that number is for you. A quick Google search will at least get you into the ballpark of how much water you need to be drinking at a minimum. How I like to do this is your is inherently your body weight divided by two. That should be your like ballpark minimum. So if you're a 200 pound male like me, 100 fluid ounces of water is my minimum for me to remain hydrated throughout the day. And then the second thing that we want to do is drink it, drink your water throughout the day. Don't just load it close to bed. Don't load it all in the morning too, and then end up dehydrated later at night. Drink it consistently throughout the day. It's that simple. And, and that, was, uh, that was something I really struggled with for a long time, a long time, getting up and to go to the bathroom in the, in the middle of the night. And I know, I think I was one of them, one of the reasons I was over drinking water. I was just absolutely pounding water. And two, one of the big game changers for me was starting to drink some electrolytes closer to bed. And, or just even making sure you're drinking enough throughout the day, because I don't always do that, but I do drink electrolytes throughout the day. And that was a complete game changer. I haven't gotten up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night in months. And, and that was a huge struggle with me for a long time. Yeah, that's a tactic that I use on a lot of my clients. It's, it's actually a tactic that is inside my sleep product is, you know, if you want, if you find yourself in a dehydrated state, you know, within two hours before you go to bed or you just want something to sip on, you know, get, get an electrolyte drink. I'm holding up a Gatorade Zero right now. When I made this real, you know, a couple months ago, man, I got some heat for this for, for Gatorade. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Because it's electrolytes, whether you're using Gatorade, Powerade, LMNT, or whatever concoction that you you like, it doesn't necessarily matter. Because what those drinks have that water doesn't is electrolytes, specifically salt. When you're consuming salt, it tells your body to retain water. If your body isn't being told to retain water, it's not going to wake up and have you go to the bathroom to get rid of extra water that it doesn't need, which gives you sleeping through the night, not having to wake up to go to the bathroom. So yeah, it works wonders, dude. Works absolute wonders. No, that's the, that's the best. It's the best. And when you're sleeping through the night, it's, it's, it's huge. But you know, I know early in the, earlier in the pod, you, you talked about chrononutrition and, you know, I'd love to, to go into this. I know this is something that you are huge on right now. And could you explain exactly what that is? And, you know, obviously we could probably do a whole fucking two hours on this shit, but like, you know, just kind of in a shorter explanation, what is chrononutrition? So chrononutrition and how I'm going to explain it, contrary to if you Googled it, if you Google chrononutrition, it's very, it's a inherently a lifestyle that is directly going to be totally entwined with meal timing. And that's just a part of it. 
It's just a part of it. But each and every one of us has inside of our brain what's called a chronotype. And this chronotype is a genetic preference to what is called a circadian cycle time frame. And your circadian cycle controls every single process that goes on inside your body, specifically sleep and wake. And for those of you guys who know what a chronotype is already, that's how it's been presented. Sleep and wake. There's four known ones. I label them types one, two, three, and four, but they've also been labeled as lions, bears, owls, dolphins, wolves, anything like that. And the reason why they're labeled as animals is to help you get a sense and be able to wrap your head around how your specific chronotype works. But what your chronotype does outside of just controlling sleep and wake, your body uses your chronotype as an operating blueprint for everything that's going on inside its body. Because remember I was talking about timing a lot. There is everything that goes on inside of you is timed. Everything that's going on inside of you, there's a reason why it's happening at a specific time. And your body's using your chronotype to loosely say, hey, this is when these need to happen. For example, meal times, sleep and wake, when you're gonna be primed for being active, when you're going to be primed for having your creative times, everything like that. There's a reason why that is. It's because your body's designed to operate a specific way. And what understanding your chronotype can really give you is a foundational piece of creating a lifestyle that you want that works with your body. And this is something that in the health and fitness industry is a missing piece. You know, we always talk about lifestyle to keep your results, but just your body and how it works, that's foundational for you to acquire or keep any type of outcome that you want. Whether it's you're losing your first 10 pounds or your last 10 pounds, you want to add quality muscle definition, anything like that. You have to be able to get your body to consistently work with you. So when you understand how your body is designed to work and you tap into its own natural cycles and rhythms, it really removes a lot of the friction that comes with creating a healthy lifestyle. And that, that's amazing. If you would have told me, you know, like 10, 10 years ago that if I would attack, if, Hey, this is your chronotype, start assembling your lifestyle as much as you can around how your body works. And it's just going to expedite the process for you to overcome the insecurities that are driving you to the gym right now. I would have said, okay, let's do this. Make it easier. Hell yeah. And it really does. You're living proof of that. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And what, you know, I've, I've, I've absolutely loved just diving in and I'm, I'm a one, I'm a one chronotype one. That's the early type for all you guys who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask you like, just how does somebody go about figuring this out? Like if, if somebody watching or listening is like, Hey, like I'd love to figure out what chronotype I, I am. How do they, how do they know? Go take an assessment. Doesn't matter which one. I have mine. It's arguably the best one out there by far because I go into details that the rest of them don't. And we'll provide you a link for that in the podcast episode. 100%. But yeah, just take an assessment and figure out what your chronotype is. Because if you can't, if you don't know what your chronotype is, it's really hard to actually start like aligning your lifestyle around what you don't know what you are. Right? So you need to figure that out. It's really easy to do. And then... What you'll want to do is I walk through my clients, they go through three very simple steps when they're aligning their lifestyle to their chronotype and everybody can do this. 
even if your your lifestyle and your chronotype are not perfectly matched, it doesn't necessarily matter. Because remember, guys, your body loves consistency and it's going to give you pounds of gold back when you're simply just consistently giving it what it wants. The first thing we do is we align sleep-wake timing as close as we can to the chronotype's natural preferences. It does not have to be perfect. 99% of the time, it's not going to be perfect. But we want to establish a baseline of consistency with sleep because sleep and wake controls everything that goes on inside your body. So that's a big piece right there. Number two, this is where meal timeframes come into play. Three or four meals throughout the day. I do not have my clients eat more than that. It's just simply not necessary. And no, we're not counting snacks. Pick specific times of the day where you can consistently commit to, you know, having your first meal, your second meal, and your last meal of the day, and just be consistent with it. Make sure that with your last meal and your sleep time, make sure there's a two-hour gap there. So anything else outside of that, have fun with it. So make sure it's spaced apart. And then the last piece is be active and ideally be active, quote, earlier in your day than later. And I put that in a quote because this is one of the more challenging parts of using your chronotype and aligning your chronotype to it. Because a lot of people, look, they live that nine to five lifestyle. Let's say they're a type one chronotype, they're an early riser like us, but they have, they're in work at 8 a.m. and they don't get off till 3 p.m. Well, physiologically, their body is going to be primed to be active way earlier in the day, in the morning. That's when their cortisol is going to be higher. And when we're just talking about exercise, when your cortisol levels are high, higher during your day, you're going to get a, a lot more bang for your buck from that one. But if you're only able to commit to doing it at 4 p.m., technically that's still earlier in your day than later. So just pick a time and be consistent with it. I love it. Those three steps will take away 99% of the resistance that people feel when they're going after their health and fitness goals right there. God, man, just so good. So good. You're just bringing, bringing all the gold today. And uh, yeah, I know I used to work out in the evenings and mm -hmm. I got the shittiest workouts in. Like, and, and now, I mean, I, now it makes a lot more sense. Like I'm, I'm an early riser, like you said, me and you both were, were the early people. And, you know, I get up and that's when I get my good work done. And, you know, I've, it makes so much more sense, really everything about this now or late in the day, my energy levels start to dip. I start to even like, I can't do too much after like 5 p.m. Like I, I, I'm not great after 5 p.m. I can do shit, but it's going to be, if I have to like really be zoned in, it's, it's generally going to take a little bit of a hit on like the quality of stuff that I'm doing after that time. So it, it just really, it, I can't stress it enough. Everybody like buying into this is, is huge just for your sleep and everything that Nick said today has just been pure, pure gold. And, you know, I'm just curious, like what, what, what would you leave somebody with, you know, just the most, if you could give, if somebody came up to you just at a coffee shop in Vegas and was like, Nick, like, you know, I, I've been struggling with sleep for, for so long. Um, obviously, you know, again, I know this is individualized that, that you would do this, but like, what are the, what are the first, what's the first absolute step that you would give, give anybody who came to you and was asking to, to fix their sleep? 
the first step is you need to know actually what is fucking up your sleep. It's really hard to solve a problem if you don't know exactly what the problem is. And you cannot solve a problem until you know what it is. That's like, it's the way I like to describe it as, is like, hey, if your car broke down in the middle of the road, would you just pop the hood and start taking things apart and hoping that you'll figure it out? No, you're going to get the maintenance book out. You're going to get your little computer thing out to plug it in and have the car tell you what's actually going, going wrong. You want to diagnose the problem first. That's the first step with solving any problem is you need to know what you're solving for. And then what you're solving for, you need to actually go solve and do the work to fix the problem. So that's step two. You need to take action and solve the problems that are keeping you up at night. And then step three is now that you solve the problems, more than likely the, the, the problem that you're having is a lifestyle problem. You need to realign your lifestyle so that your sleepless nights don't come and fuck you up again. So make the lifestyle changes, humble yourself, listen to your body, give it what it needs, and it will reward you with high quality sleep for life. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And last question for you is just around like, I didn't ask this at the start. I probably should ask this at the start of the podcast, but um, how, how would you explain how sleep really plays into the whole lifelong fat loss equation you know like how how does how does sleep come into play when it comes to me not only achieving my goal of of getting to to my goal weight my goal look but also actually being able to sustain those results the way i like to describe it is your sleep wake cycle controls your body's weight management system when your sleep is not too hot it's going to alter the way your body's weight management system functions, and it'll go from a thriving state to a surviving state. When your weight management system is in a survival state, two things are going to happen. The pounds are going to come on, and they're not going to come off. That's it, the end, simply because your sleep quality is not too hot. On the other hand, when your sleep quality is super high, you're creating an environment where it is your body's not under a lot of stress because poor sleep is a huge stress on the body. And when your body is under a lot of stress... There's no way in hell it's going to sit there and free up some extra calories for you to lose weight. Because simply put, your body doesn't give a fuck about your weight loss goal. It doesn't. It only cares about its needs being met first before it gives you anything. So give it what it needs with sleep. And then it'll give you what you want on a silver platter. That's it. The end. And that's really like where everybody who's looking to lose weight and never struggle with their weight again that's what they're looking to do. They're going from a survival state to a thriving state. And the key piece with getting your body out of survival mode and into thriving mode is ensuring that your sleep quality is high more often than not. Is it going to be perfect? No. I just, I just had two nights of terrible sleep because I've screwed up my side. Very hard to get comfortable when your side screwed up. So it's nothing's ever going to be perfect. But that's two nights out of like, hundreds of nights for me that I'm getting high quality sleep. And that's why I'm able to maintain all this. That's why you're able to maintain all this, Alex, is because you're getting high quality sleep. You're a business owner. You have health and fitness goals. It's a lot to juggle. If you don't have the energy because you're not fully recharging, is that going to happen? No, it's just simply not going to happen. You're going to prioritize what is convenient and easy for you right now. And that's it. Nothing else. 
And a lot of people are in that state. And that is survival state. It's really hard to stick to your nutrition protocol and your exercise program if you're literally only charging yourself up 50% each night on your phone. Like there's something called, at least for us iPhone users, it's called low power mode. And when it goes into low power mode, it basically shuts off all non-essential functions. Your body does the same thing, except whereas the iPhone does it 20%, your body will do it at 50%. So that's why sleep quality is so important. It is literally the gateway to you achieving your fat loss goals and never struggling with your weight, your confidence, anything like that ever again. Plus, who doesn't want to feel great? Who doesn't want to feel like a billion bucks every single morning? It can be good as the commercials say when you wake up and you're all like, yay, it can be that way. But you have to start. You have to take some action. You got to put in that fucking work. It's not always easy either. It can take some time. And dude, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Like this has been amazing. Hopefully everybody's gotten value from, from this. If you have, like, please make sure you, you share this, you rate us, you, you subscribe, you know, just... You know, Nick, Nick, you're an absolute rock star. And I'd love to just end by having you just, you know, pimp out where, where everybody can find you or at what everybody can can go to to actually be able to, to connect with you and uh, and try out this Chrono Nutrition. So I'm really easy to find Nick Real. That's R-I-E-L-L. I'm sure it'll be in the podcast podcast description. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's where I'm mainly active on. Come follow me there. I have my own private group too where we dive into a lot of this stuff called Sleep Secrets. And Alex, you, you cool if I just like give away all my all my shit to your audience right now? 100%. I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> cool. So for all you guys who have listened, we're going to leave the link below in the podcast description. I would like to give you completely free access to my digital sleep product, The Final Sleep Solution. Inside the Final Sleep Solution, I quite essentially walk you through the steps you need to take to go from struggling with your sleep to never struggling with your sleep ever again. And that's just yours free because I think everybody should have a great night's sleep and nobody should struggle with sleep. God damn. So it's just free. So take me up on it. If you do not take me up on this, I don't know what to tell you. You must not like sleep. You must not like your goals. Hey, take him up on it, everybody. I appreciate you, man. That's so amazing. You giving that away. Um, and you know, hopefully everybody actually gets into that, starts to change their sleep because we know how, how big issues sleep is for everybody out there. And so thanks again, dude, man. I, like I said, I can't, can't thank you enough for coming on here and just dropping just complete gold throughout the, the whole show. And so thanks again. And, uh, hope you have a good rest of your rest of your week. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.